Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. This is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast. And listen, I just got my LLC for Golden Deer Productions, so we're officially a business. And so I said, hey, might as well let everybody in on what we're doing over here and have an accountant up on the show. So we had Greg O'Brien, and I also have my close friend Chris McCormick here, who's going to be entering the accounting world pretty soon. And we said, hey, man, what does an LLC do for us? What type of benefits does it give us? What do we have to pay in taxes? I know it sounds wicked boring, but Greg actually totally ripped it and made it very, very transparent. And so if you want to learn about when you should LLC, why it will help you, how you save bread off it, and what you have to pay, this would be a great episode for you. I think it was well-tailored for people in the city who are thinking about legitimizing what they're doing as a side hustle, turning into a full-time something. So I would listen to this episode if I were you. It wasn't all like number crunching and like Excel spreadsheets like you'd picture with accountancy. With that being said, man, you already know the deal. That is a GDP minute. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just you, you forgot to enter. We're newly LLC. Shit, the beginning was so dope. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> the mic, the mic's just cut. So now we're back. But with that being said, C Mac, introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm the rookie behind the uh, mics and the cameras. I am Chris McCormick, big college friend of. Connor Holloway, and happy to be here. And then to my right, we have Captain Clean Cut. Introduce yourself. Greg O'Brien. I'm a uh, CPA. I work in, uh, in Boston. I just got connected to these guys. Um, and we have a future CPA back here. He's being humble, but <laughs> he's starting at PwC next week. So he's going to fact check us here. So make sure keep me in line. So is that like very coveted? Like in the... like. Yeah, I got my. It's CPA. a lot of work. I yeah. mean, it, it's it feels like a long time ago for me that I did it. But I, what I was saying uh, to CMAC before was it's like you know you're taking four tests and you have 18 months to pass four tests, right? You also have to have 150 hours of education, so you get 120 from undergrads. You need to get another 30, so you need to go to grad school essentially, and then you need to get a certain amount of. Um, like working hours under your belt too so it's it's a lot right so it, yeah, it definitely is not something like when people wait he was smart he did it right after he graduated when you wait several years life starts happening and then like do you really want to be going to like starbucks at eight o'clock every night to study no so yeah it, it's definitely something that's coveted my thing um, is it's it's mostly like it's a test of discipline right for sure yeah a hundred percent like I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm sure you wouldn't say he was either. And it's it's who's the smartest guy in this room though? <laughs> probably Greg. No, probably him because <laughs> he's just out of We're school. all me. You, know <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah, the stuff in school you learn is just like he'll learn. Like you don't use it in the real world as much as you think you will. But um, like there's definitely like you're taking the CPA exam and they're asking you some crazy formula you're trying to remember and like now it's like, oh you can Google it, you know? It's like so so things definitely change on that front. Well, yeah. I mean academics will be talk for a different time because that's uh, right. Yeah. We're all beyond that stage, you know. Yeah. Not all of us, <laughs> but well, not all of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, uh, as I was saying before, we uh we had to restart. There's some great news coming out of the Golden Deer camp. I just got my LLC, so Golden Deer Productions. I believe that means it's a registered business. It is. Look at that, man. What do you guys want from me? You, you have are your, a business. You you have your LLC, right? Uh, or do you have your similar? So I'm a. 
when you're in a professional services, it's something different. It's called a professional corporation, a PC. It's like my business name is Greg O'Brien, CPA PC. Uh, it's essentially the same thing. It just when you have like a, sometimes lawyers and accountants and doctors need to get a professional corporation instead of just a corporation. So it just we, so we you can, don't have your LLC. It's not. It, it is not a legal LLC. No, it is a professional corporation. Okay, so so you're different. cooler. Yes, <laughs> not really because that's why you're here. I got no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, but. I figured, hey, let's run an episode and let's figure out, dude, what is the LLC? Why does it help people? And, you know, kind of start building the, the young entrepreneur business mm-hmm. podcast mindset. And so C-Mac, again, my close friend, is go- going to be an accountant at PwC. And so you're totally knowledgeable in this, right? Yeah, that, that would be the idea. But <laughs> I think I'm going to learn a couple things. Too. Well, I'm assuming that we probably learned this stuff at PC. You definitely learned some of it in like business yeah, 101. Yeah, business law and all that stuff. Oh, too. so this is 101. Yeah. You're being disrespectful now, Greg. <laughs> I'm going to bring in tax 101 and yeah. 102 as well. So. Okay, word. And you went to Bentley? I went to Bentley, uh, went there four years, and then I did my master's there as well. So my sister went to Bentley, and we were kind of talking about this. Where did you live? So I lived all on campus. So I played football. You couldn't really live off campus. So it was all on campus. And then I lived in like the Fenway dorms and then Copley South, which is... Fenway had probably just opened up, right? Uh, it was there for a few years before I got there. I'm not that old. Um, it was there. It probably got there in 05. And I, I started Bentley in 08. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. I know those are like the coveted dorms to be in. Yeah, they're like, they're nice. They're nice buildings. So. You know that the walking bridge that crosses over yeah. the street? There's like these three little houses there. You know those little white yeah. houses? My sister lived in one of them. Okay. And it was like the weirdest living situation ever. Have you ever been in those houses? I, I actually cannot say I have. I know exactly what they are. I've never been inside of them. Dude, I don't even know what they are. Dude, I was like coughing up asbestos when I walked in. <laughs> really? I, think I was like, oh my God. Yeah, they're kind of sketchy looking. I'm not sure what the purpose yeah. of them are. Yeah, I think it was haunted, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so... You go to Bentley, right? And you say, hey, this is a business school. Mm-hmm. I want to get into business. Did that happen before you went to Bentley? You always knew you wanted to shift into business? Yeah. Because honestly, newly, I'm newly into like, damn, I really love the art of business and how it works. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I had an idea that I wanted to do business from a younger age. I can't say I had like plans to do what I'm doing now. But what, I thought, What does your family do? Nothing to do with this. So my father was a state trooper retired my mother was a pharmacist so both like work for the same type of company for 40 years type of deal not you know entrepreneurial i'd say um so yeah i didn't want to go down those routes um so when i was looking at school i ultimately went to bentley because i decided i wanted to play football i I looked at providence college i was one of my my final three and i kind of eliminated Where where are you from from canton oh word okay so i kind of eliminated some of the liberal arts schools i just i just didn't feel like those things were up my alley and who i am so i said i want to do go somewhere that has a business school right so um ended up choosing bentley and then you know you get into the classes and stuff and like they you're taking all the general business stuff and then i just i i originally started out in kind of i think it was called like corporate finance and accounting so it's like oh god <laughs> wasn't for me like some of the some of the finance part of it wasn't for me. And I, I was like, I'm, I don't know, I like accounting. I'm pretty good at it. I under It made sense to me, right? Like it was an equation that made sense that I could logically put together and take apart. Um, not that I, I can't, not, not that I loved it, but I, I got it and I understood it. So I decided to major in that. And then somewhere along the lines, I got an internship at a local CPA firm during tax season, like doing tax stuff. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like you know, working with people's money and corporations' money and, you know, 
figuring out how their how this whole system works. This is like a summer internship at Bentley. Yeah, yeah, it was like, it was technically a spring internship or something, but yeah, so it was that was my first foray into it, and then I ended up getting hired by that firm full time after uh, upon graduation. So how were you at football? Were you good? I was decent. I was actually a linebacker. No yeah, way. Yeah, I was a little bigger back then, but yeah, I was I was the captain. Young Erlacher. Oh shit! Yep, yep. So you were real deal. Middle Bentley's linebacker. a good team, dude. It's a good team. Yeah, we had a we had a good squad. My junior year, we blew it, but uh, yeah, we were undefeated at some point. Senior year, we had an up and down season, but we we did a good. Under your leadership, there's an up and down season. We went down to Tennessee the first game and played this this squad like that. Was it Middle Tennessee? No, they were called Carson Newman. They were um, they'd won all these national championships, and, like di- different bre- breed of like players down there, right? And like that, they breathe football. We go there. It was, it was like a, we're not used to playing in front of these big crowds, like legit stadium. It's long trip, and like we held in there till the very end, just lost. But that was when, all right. We're pretty good. We're, we we can hang in there with anybody. So you're washed up, Greg. I'm so washed <laughs> up. I know, like my back hurts today. I'm like, geez, yeah, I'm really washed up. And and did you play at Canton High? No, so I went to Severian. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. We got a hawk on us. What do you got? Where'd you guys go? Lincoln Sudbury. Lincoln Sudbury. Well, I did. See, Mike's from Connecticut. Yeah, I'm originally from Connecticut. Okay. Okay. But you know Severian. Yep. Yeah. Severian's the factory. Powerhouse. <laughs> yep. So were, you were big Catholic conference? Like, were you all Catholic conference type thing? Like, played CM? Played CM. St. John's Proper's our rival. Were you, were you nasty in the league as a senior? We were, we were pretty good, yeah. No, I mean you specifically. Decent. I mean, it, like, you're... You're surrounded with like a lot of talent there. Like, if my senior class was 25 people, I want to say 19 went on to play some level of college football, whether it was D1, one yeah, to two wild. or three. So, like, I was just in the mix, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't work like that in Massachusetts, though, right? It's like if you are a really good college football, really good high school football player, you might be able to play at a NESCAC, mm-hmm. like a Tufts or a Trinity. And I walked on at Bentley, too. So, it wasn't like. Oh, no way. You yeah, were so, recruited. So, I guess when I looked at it, too, I was like, I want, I'm going to pick the school over. I got in there on my own. I'm going to pick it, pick the school based on what I want to do. And then once I got in, I was like, all right, I got to, I got to do something here. So I, I, I got to get some shorties to like me. I got to oh, yeah. <laughs> try out for the team. So it's so funny. There's let's see. So like three of my, yeah, three of my Severian teammates all went to Bentley with me, all played football. So it was four of us, uh, center receiver and another linebacker. All of us played Severian together all went to Bentley together. So like we had a squad rolling in there. Wow. So immediately they're like, who are these meatheads coming from Severian? You guys were just putting steroids in your body <laughs> and getting crazy. So you get their freshman year. It's like all these little clicks, right? And everyone's like, you know, there's like the couple kids from Waltham high. There's like the public school kids There's the out of state kids. And it's like, there's that one foreign kid. And everyone's like, dude, can you yeah, speak some English? Exactly. And there's, <laughs> and then there's like the Severian kids. Like we're just like our own little click, but ended up having like a great class for four years. So best friends with all these kids still. All with the all country. the Severian kids? No, yeah, them and all the all the kids at Bentley. Sound like BC so, High, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's, so the, I had three kids on my in my class from BC High, like best friends with them to this day. Like I love it, but like the, the freshman year is like the whole rival, are, you know, against each other still. And there's like the sh- one oh, yeah. one kid from CM, and they were terrible. So <laughs> yeah, that happened to us too. But yeah, the, these BC High kids that when we went to PC were in as a unit. Like oh yeah, Sudbury wasn't too far off on our floor too. It was I, like I, we had a we had a little squadron. Yeah then kind of then it deviated a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so quick gear shift here so i want to make sure when we run this episode we produce some hashtag mm-hmm. value hashtag value hashtag okay. value some of the business of exactly so i'm again on the accounting tip pretty illiterate as to what taxes are my mother's a financial manager mm-hmm. my mother actually went to bentley as well okay 
and I'm to- I'm learning, but I'm totally literate on what my taxes are, what an LLC is, what it does, what it actually, what benefit it provides me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, there are other people definitely in my position who have brands, who have started stuff up, who have things going for themselves and are probably considering registering their business. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure we can simplify what the LLC does and we can have a good time. Love it. So let's start very basics, right? So Connor. One sec before we start. All right. Too excited. I know. I'm pumped too. It's going to be great. Before we start. Go. All right. So let's start. Let's start one-on-one, right? So Connor, you go into business. You're yourself. You have no, no entity, nothing, right? One-on-one. You're just, you just show up today. You start doing podcasts. You're getting paid to do it. So you are considered a sole proprietor, right? So there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. You're a sole proprietor. You make income. You have expenses. Everything's under your social security number. That's the easiest way to look at it, right? So you're not, you're not protected. You're under a one-man team. You're a one-man team, right? So you go to file your tax into the year. You are, you are just Connor Holloway doing podcasting, right? There's no business name. There's no EIN. There's John, nothing. John Connor Holloway. John Connor Holloway. So Got that's it. what you are, right? If you're just starting out and you're just a couple months in, there's nothing wrong with having that. Okay, so that's that's the most you learn that in business class one one, right? You just I start selling lemonade. I'm a sole proprietor, so that's fine. Okay, so now you look at you know you're getting a little more established. You're getting some traction. You have this beautiful space now. So you're like I have I have ongoing expenses. <laughs> I'm making I'm making money here. Okay, so. The first way to look at LLCs or incorporating is not from a tax perspective. It's definitely from a legal perspective. Not a lawyer, but I I know a decent amount about why you're doing that. So the first thing you get to look out for is yourself and your in your assets, right? Let's say that you had a trust fund, okay? You you had all the That'd be fire. You're right. So you have all this or you have a lot of money, you have all this different stuff, right? The worst thing, you know, and you're Connor, the sole proprietor here, and I'm sitting here. And uh, I don't know, this this uh, air conditioning unit falls on my head and I get taken out, all right? Likely. Likely. Likely I'm going to sue you too, okay? So, no. <laughs> so I drag your body in the back, yeah. bro. We're not, so, letting, we're not letting that news break. So that happens, right? And now, you know, the lawyers get involved. So Connor, the sole proprietor, now you're getting sued individually and so is probably the person that owns this building. But so you're getting sued as an individual and, and, and technically, you know, everything under your purview, under your social security number is up for grabs. That's all kind of fair game, right? So you don't want that to happen now that you're, you know, you're running a business. So the, the, you know, back in the day, they created something called a limited liability company. And essentially it's like it sounded, you have limited liability as the owner of the company, right? So you're essentially liable for the, the assets and the debts that you put into the company. So you're not, so if the same situation happened, I can only go after a certain amount of things that are encapsulated in your business. I can't go after everything thing. in your life, right? Without what? getting into the nitty gritty weeds and the piercing the corporate veil and all that kind of stuff. That's the basic premise of it, right? So you're you're doing it to protect yourself against creditors and debtors that could you know potentially come up at some point. So how do you designate what you're allowed to go after if you try to sue me now that I have an LLC? So let's say that AC hits you in the head, mm-hmm. right? What are you allowed to try to go get? So, you know, without giving a legal answer, I, you know, it's generally what your assets of the business are, right? So let's, let's say your business had, let's say you, um, 
just had your business bank account, right? And that's, you know, you had cash in the business bank account, maybe you had some customer contracts. Like that's probably the stuff that's under that, um, under that scope. Um, you'd, if say you, but if, what if you own the business in the same LLC? Maybe that's up for grabs too. Um, so like, let's say the AC hits you in the head. This is also going to help the conversation moving forward. This podcast is not monetized. Mm-hmm. So, well, and we'll get to that. That's still beneficial though. Absolutely. But I use this for, as anybody who's watched the show, I've started to develop other business ventures with the children's author. I do a lot of work for Jerry. You can go to like episode 50 something because Jerry came up here, but I need to get a new LLC. And so I was like, okay, cool. Let's do this. Let's get this thing done. See Mike you hanging in there. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you're nervous about the software, huh? Um, <laughs> but, um, before we had done the LLC, I thought it was, and I'm going to sound like ridiculous and I hope the feds don't come after me, but I thought like, yo, if you get the LLC, like I could start writing off all my Chipotle meals and like, those are for free. I can write off gas, take people out and then it's for free. The government's paying for it. Is that true? <clears throat> that is not true. <laughs> oh, that does not mean that you can't write some of that stuff off. Right. So, so did, have you done that? Of course. So, okay. so, so. So meals and entertainment, you know, business meals are definitely deductible. So let's say, how let's, do you constitute a business meal? Though? Okay, so let's let's give an easy example. Let's say that um, we're you're talking about becoming my client, right? And I say, hey, let's go talk about. I'm going to bring you out to Chipotle, right? So we go out to Chipotle. And we talk about what it would be like to work together, how I could help you. That now is a business conversation happening at a meal. I can legally write off that full cost of that meal, right? And the government will never know if that's actually the. The structure of the meal. It's the truth, right? They're going to, I mean, me and C-Mac, well, what I'm saying, let's say, yeah, let's say we all go out to lunch. So, so, so with any of this stuff, right? So they're, you're, you're playing, you're playing an audit risk, right? So if, if you were audited and they're going to say, what is, what is this um, business receipt, you know, for, um, you know, how you need to, you need to, it's a, the burden of proofs on you to prove that it was a business meal, right? So you'd have some kind of record that you and C-Mac were out discussing business or doing some kind of business thing right so if it if there's a if there's a west end johnny's bar tab at 2 30 in the morning probably not going to pass the test right so it you know mm-hmm. if it's monday to friday at noontime yeah maybe yeah maybe you had a business purpose for that right so why would they audit okay so let's so all right if i'm gonna, bouncing around a little we're bit gonna do down, yeah we're gonna go down the audit, the audit rab, rab well, i'm saying like why so. would someone audit me right now we're filming this with two iphones you know what i'm saying these aren't five hundred thousand dollar cameras so that's actually a good question. So in general, who gets audited the most are small, the smallest businesses. Why? Because if you're, you know, they call a schedule C, so a sole proprietor, maybe a single member LLC who just is just themselves. The government generally has the view that they're going to probably not know the rules or maybe abuse things more. Right. So find the loophole, not necessarily loopholes, just doing things wrong. Um, so they're de- like a, a schedule C, which is where you report something like, um, a sole proprietorship is, has the highest audit rates of anything. Right. That's um, very surprising. Versus they'd if want you, to do rich people, wouldn't they? Well, the rich people usually know what they're doing. The, they the rich people have a great team of, of lawyers and accountants and tax people on their side. Right. So they're doing things legitimately. They do get audited, but they, they pass them versus you may have someone that just doesn't know what they're doing. They're like, uh, oh, maybe I spent 10,000 on this expense and I've been 5,000, all these round numbers. And it's. That's usually a red flag right there if everything ends in a zero, right? So probably not likely. Um, it's probably what's going on in the Golden Deer camp, honestly. So, so you know, again, audit risks are generally low. So, if you you know, we can get into how do you make sure you're protecting yourself against an audit. 
Um, but if it happens, you know, you know, they're not as rare as you think, I guess. Um, and most of them are what they consider kind of paper uh, correspondence audits. Like it's not like the agents walking in here with, with the gun and like going through stuff. It's give us our money. It's more about like they send you letters and then you send them documentation back and back and forth and it goes on for months. Um, there's different levels to it, but we probably shouldn't go down that rabbit hole because it could, it could go on forever. Okay. All right. So we'll bring it back to the Let's LLC. Let's go back to the LLC. All okay. right. So right now, so I have my LLC, right? So you have your LLC. So you are, so to, to get, to start an LLC, it's as a, as a one person shop, very simple as you probably know, right? You essentially, you go to the state or the, um, I use the service and online Okay, use a service. You can use a, you can use like a ink.com it's called or, ink authority. Yeah. Any of those things. Right. And they'll, Essentially, they're acting as your registered agent. They'll go to the, the state of Massachusetts or whatever state you're in, and they will file the incorporation paperwork just saying, you know, my name is Connor. This is Golden Deer Productions. Uh, I'm the business manager. Here's our address. Here's the purpose of our business. Pay the $500 uh, wherever the state fee is for that state. Boom. They, they send it to the Secretary of State. You get approved. For reference, it, it was like, I'm just trying to be transparent. I think it was around like 570 with I with to, the incorporate with the why do you get the federal tax ID number too right so so then that's that's the state right and then okay now you have to go to the IRS because you need you want to have a you don't want your social security number operating anymore for this business you want to go to the IRS so you go there you get an EIN employer identification number so now it's a essentially it's the social security number of your business right so you get a number it looks a little different nine digit number and that's now everything you do. So your your bank account, your credit cards, your anything business wise is going to be under that EIN. So now everything's being. If someone has to send you something, um, it's going to be under that EIN. So when the other copy goes to the government, the IRS, it's all under that EIN. It's not under your Social Security number. And we'll get into why that's important. But um, so that's that's kind of the basic steps. So you you're going, you're using, hiring a service, you're hiring a lawyer, you're hiring, or you're doing it yourself, and you're registering with the state, and then you register with the IRS, and then in its simplest form, you're done. So now you're, now you're set up. So I have my tax ID number, right? What's the next step? Operate as a business? Have I filed all the right paperwork? So the next step is, all right, am I going to be a, uh, a single member LLC, which means that I'm the 100% owner of this LLC and, and I'm always going to be? Or am I going to be in partnership? Got it. Look at that. You know your business. So, if, or are you going to go in partnership? So, if you and C Mac went into partnership now, right? You're you can still be an LLC, but now you're considered a partnership for tax purposes. Okay, so now you're kind of a separate, full separate entity from yourself. Um, and if you're going to go into a partnership, one partner, two partners, however many partners, you're going to want to probably get a lawyer involved because they're gonna they're gonna create something called an operating agreement, which is, essentially says. Here's how the business operates. Here's what happens if we break up. Here's what happens to the debts. The what if one of you dies? All sorts of stuff it covers, right? And it's better to have it to kind of for CYA than than anything. Do you um, need a lawyer for this, or could could you just be totally transparent with your business partner and then write whatever you contract? do, you should write it down uh, and sign it. Um, there's definitely some boilerplate stuff you can find out there. Elaborate. I, I, what do you mean boilerplate? So you can you can find some templates online. They're just a basic partnership agreement that goes through like the basic provisions of, you know, how does the is the income split up fifty fifty? Who owns what? Um, who contributes what for what shares in the company? And then what happens if uh, you want to leave? Right? You can't just walk away because you're liable for the debts of this business. So how how do you 
how does he buy you out or vice versa? How does that all work? What happens when the contract ends? Exactly. And what, what happens when you get hit by a bus? Like, it, does he have to pay for everything? That's, or does it go to your estate? Or does it go to your next of kin? So all that stuff is hammered out and, and that, those kind of agreements. So if you're going into business with someone you don't know, you should probably do it. Even if you do know them, you probably should do it. Because as they, as they say, and I've heard in the podcast, the only good partnership is a sinking ship. So it's partnerships can be tough, especially when you don't know the person. Even if you do know the person, I've, you know, I've dealt with different uh, clients along the way where it's uh, brother, sister, husband, wife, best friend partnerships. It's ugly. Yeah. I mean, when, when big money comes into play or big debt comes into play, it's every man for himself. So having that, st- as much as you think it'll never happen, I think I think having that stuff written down and documented is probably it's just safe. A, it's just an awkward conversation, you know. I, I, from what I'm doing now, there's no real, there's no like pressure to be like that, but it's such an awkward conversation if you're close with someone like, Hey, can you sign this contract? Right. And I, there's certainly people you work with that don't get formal contracts done and stuff like that. Um, because you know, they're, they're, Do you understand pop- what I'm saying, Mike? Yeah, no, I think it's, but it is important. Like you're saying, because you'd never know what's going to happen when money gets involved. People are greedy or people makes make things ugly sometimes. Yeah. It, it can, right. But like, let's say, you know, this business blew up, right. And you're making millions of dollars. And then, uh, let's just say that, you know, something happened. Let's say there was, you know, spouses involved is a divorced involved, a divorce involved. What if does the divorcee have a right to, part of this business interest dude you guys are crazy for wanting to do this job so i mean <laughs> deal with all, all the ugliest stuff of money this is yeah i mean this is this is way into like the legal th- yeah, that's law. area right now right so um but I, you know you encounter these situations all the time people ask you advice about it and it's, you, you know that's why i say you know do you have a partnership agreement it's usually like no or it was from 1972 and it's in someone's closet we have no idea where it is so you know all the time if it's the the husband wife or the brother type of stuff so um, so yeah, I mean, I think writing it down is probably a good way to start, but if you're, if you're doing it by yourself, do you need an operating agreement for yourself? No. So some people still do it. Yeah. Um, because they want to be super formal. Um, but you don't have to. Okay. So my partnership signed. I mean, I, I, it's not a partnership, just me, right? You're a single member LLC. Yeah. I'm the boss around here, dog. That's right. Big dog. Now what? Okay. So. Let's stop there. Okay, so let, you know, let's kind of shift. Would, into would the, you mind just taking one step into the mic? Yeah, sure. It just echoes a little bit here. Sometimes. So let's let's stop there and kind of head into like the tax world now, right? So oh god, this is where it gets fun. Gets this scary. is where you save money. Okay, so it's where we beat the system. This is where you. This is where. So the, the system, as you refer to, is a system of incentives for business owners, right? So I would encourage people not to have a W two if they don't have to, because the tax code is generally written for people to start and grow businesses or to start and um, build real estate. So real estate and business are the two things the tax code focuses heavily on, right? There's not a 77,000 pages. There's not a ton of pages giving, a, you know, a ton of stuff for the working man, obviously. There's there's just not, right? There's definitely things, but the majority of incentives are for business owners, right? Because they want you to grow this and hire people and put money back into the economy and pay taxes, blah, blah, blah. So that's where you kind of start, right? So now you just opened up a huge book of incentives for yourself being, you know, um, in business. What so, do I get? What, what do you get? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, let's just kind of start here now. So again, you just, you're as default single member LLC, you, uh, for tax purposes, it's called a disregarded entity, which, which means that everything that happens in this entity ultimately flows to you as an individual reported on your individual tax return tax at your individual rates, right? So 
let's say outside of this, you were making a ton of money in some other business I don't know about. So now all of those, all income gets combined, you're taxed at that, that rate where all your income falls, right? So you're not, there's not like a single member LLC tax rate. It all goes back to you as individual or it would all go back to me as individual over as a partnership. It would all go back to both of you as individuals, right? Split. So that's, that's starting point one. So now the government says as an LLC, you have three options. Single member LLC disregarded, which you are basic. That's the default when you apply for the EIN. Two, you can say, okay, I'm going to elect to be taxed as an S corporation. Three, you can say, I'm going to be elect to be taxed as a C corporation. So C corporation, think like Coca-Cola or I don't know, Google. Think, think that GDP in five years. Yeah. Big, big, big. Right. So like, um, that, you know, that's your and I'll typical. I'll have you head up the accounting department. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> you can outsource that to me, but I'm okay, not going to be cool. working. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so that's where you, you know, those are your three choices, right? Now I say, okay, geez, what do I, what, what do I want to do? Why well, I want to be either one. So this is where people generally rush. So I say, stay as a single member LLC until you have reason to be one of the other two. So an S or a C, right? So in general, what I do is I, I usually sit down with someone, a prospect and say, Hey, look, you know, let's go through a survey here and figure out which is the best for you, because I don't think you should do something now, you know, if you, oh, I can save a hundred bucks today by doing this. No, you had to look five years down the line and see what's going to happen, what you think is going to happen with your business and what you want to happen and then plan, plan that way. Right. So for, let's go through a couple of examples. So, so an LLC defaulted, like you are, it is definitely fine for like the growing entrepreneur. That's, that's, you know, not making a ton of money yet. That's just kind of on the upper trajectory. Right. Do you have, well, you have tax incentives, which we'll get to. Um, and essentially you're operating the business and all the money's passing through to you. You're not paying yourself a salary necessarily. It's just, it's the money, you know, the money goes into your business bank account. You can take it out at will, but at the end of the day, if you, if you had a hundred thousand in revenue and you had 50,000 in expenses, you're going to get taxed on $50,000. Okay. So what you're getting taxed on is you're paying income tax on that and you're paying self-employment taxes. So what's the percent on the income tax? It's whatever, it's, it's whatever your individual rate is, right? So probably, you know, with the new tax rates that you're probably looking after deductions, you're looking at 18 to 20%, somewhere in that range. So should I be saving whatever 20% of the 50 racks? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, no, are you seriously, laughing? I'm being serious. No, there, there are a lot of people that do get to the end of their first year or bit in they business get smacked on because, taxes. you know, it's a cash flow thing too, right? Like you're, you're, you're making money, but you're, you're, you're spending as fast as you are, you know, you're trying to grow the business. So, and then the government comes calling, right. And you, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, there's no companies withholding taxes for you now, right? Just it's up, it's up to you to pay them. Um, so, so yeah, so you're a single member LLC, so you're paying the tax on that net income, right? Um, and you're paying your indi- the tax rate, which is you know your individual rate, which could be you know anywhere. Plus, you're paying self-employment taxes, and what those are, if you're if you have a paycheck, right? You look on the right side of the paycheck. There's like all that Social Security, Medicare, FUTA, FICA, all the all this like the little stuff that comes out, like no one pays attention to, but it adds up. So, you know, Chris at PwC, what happens is PwC pays half, seven point five-ish, and then you pay the other half, right? Of the self-employment tax? Right, so it adds so, up to about 15.3%, right? When you're in business for yourself, you are the employer and you're the employee, so you're paying all of it, right? So that's a little bit of a negative, right, to start here on the on the single-member LLC pass-through because you might have a higher tax burden. You're getting deductions too, but 
you get people are usually not aware of that that they're paying the self-employment tax on top of income so i'm tax. getting taxed 35 percent of my income it's not that simple so you so although you pay both sides of the equation you get a deduction for one half of it which means like a deduction would be say it was ten thousand it's ten thousand times your tax rate right so if it's 24 percent, it'd be a twenty four hundred dollar savings so a little bit of ins and outs there but in general, yeah, there is a burden there that you that you have to, as the employer and the employee in this single member LLC, you have to pay. So now let's say you're making now let's say you're making one hundred and twenty thousand net income, right? So you're, you're you're doing well. You're making six figures after after expenses. Now you know some people say, hey, what, what's this thing? What's an S corp? Why should I become an S corp? Right. Before we move on to the S corp, can we just go back to that yeah. real quick? So you're saying at the end of the year, I just tell me exactly what I'm gonna be paying percentage wise. You're gonna be paying income tax on your individual rate. I don't know what that is. So like that could be if you if you had some side gig you're making a million bucks, you're gonna be paying a lot. Because all this income's gonna be taxed at your ultimate tax rate, right? Or if you had um let's say you were like a Bitcoin millionaire and you sold a bunch of Bitcoin, you had you you know, there's other stuff that plays into it. Let's say I'm I'm let's say I'm not big boat in the back of the warehouse. You're just this is it. No, let no let's just say I'm working at a job. Mm-hmm. Actually, this would be a bad example. Let's just say base level, I'm making 50 grand a year. Mm-hmm. What are my taxes looking like? So your taxes are going to be, you're, you're making, say, 50 grand, right? So you get your 50 grand. And then I'm not going to go into the, the we're going to need another deduction in a second, but you get your standard deduction off of that, right? So now you're down into the 40s. So you're getting taxed on like 40-something thousand dollars income tax, right? So what is the standard deduction? The st- so you have two choices. You can either do the standard deduction, which is... Um, a little over $12,000 this year. Um, it doubled from what it used to be. And then, or you can do itemized deductions. So itemized deductions are like your charitable deductions. If you have a house, like mortgage interest, um, state and local property taxes, income taxes, stuff, medic, some certain medical stuff. So if the aggregate of those, for someone that's usually young and grown, they usually don't have a lot of that stuff. So generally the sum of those are not greater than $12,000 for a single person. So just real quick, rewind. So a deduction is... Okay, I pay fifty racks, but the government's only going to tax me on thirty-eight thousand. Essentially, got it. Yes. So, so then you pay the rate at that. So that that's you're probably looking at like I don't know between like fourteen, fifteen percent in that area, right? It's not a, it's not the tax, the tax scale is not flat. It's progressive, right? So mm-hmm. you got to mix it together. But um, so that's one part of it, and then you also have to pay self-employment tax on that, right? So so they're taxed on 38 racks. Mm-hmm. So how much money am I giving the government off the income tax? You're giving them whatever that math is. So like, I just call it 15% of that for, for that example. What is that? Do you have a phone on you? 15% of 38,000? Yeah. I don't have my phone on me. 40,000, 10% of 40,000, 4,000, 5% would be... So that's the income tax. So I'm paying yes. four or five racks, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the other end, now we do the self-employment tax. Correct. So you're filling out what's called a Schedule SE. So that is in the simplest terms, right? So you're paying the employer and the employee Medicare Social Security taxes for yourself. Um, and that's essentially 15.3%. However, half of it, right, goes back as another deduction to you, right? So it gets a little complicated. So you, you just it, it's not just 15.3% times that number. You get a deduction for one half of that that number, and a, I can remember a, de, a deduction is a deduction after they calculate the fifteen point three percent. Right. So after, so let's call it with our arbitrage like nine to eleven percent, some in that area, right? That's what that's the additional tax you'd be paying. So 
if you start making a ton of money, right? Like that's going to add up that like extra self-employment tax going to add up. So when I, usually when you, when you get to like 120,000 or more, that's where you might want to look at doing an S corp, right? So an S corp is not a separate legal entity. It's still an LLC. All you're doing is saying, Hey government, I want to be, I'm choosing to be taxed as a small corporation, S corporation, right? Why do you want to do that? <clears throat> a couple of reasons. First of all, now as an S corporation, it's a little more formal, right? You're going to have to file a separate tax return, 1120S. So it's a completely standalone forms, right? You now are not only the owner, but you're also an employee. You're hiring yourself, right? And why do you want to do that? So it, it is a funny concept. It's just a one person shop. So you're, I'm, I'm Mr. Owner and I'm Mr. Employee number one, right? So what they say is, okay, now that you're making money, you can pay yourself an ongoing reasonable salary, right? So let's say you're making 120, you're going to make 120 net. You say, I'm going to pay myself half, half in wages. Like, so every, every month I'm going to, you know, ADP or Gusto, I'm going to run payroll, pay myself the equivalent of 60,000, right? So that 60,000 gets paid. They're paying the, they're withholding the income, of the social security tax for you, right? Just like you would if you're working at PwC, they're withholding those taxes for you. It's all taken care of, right? But now you have another 60,000 left over. Okay. So that's considered now your owner's profit, your distribution, right? As you know, the money maker, right? So you paid yourself as the employee. Now you have yourself as the owner that has $60,000 of profits left over after paying yourself. The biggest advantage here, ready, is that on that 60,000, you're only paying income tax. You're not paying the social security, Medicare payroll tax we just talked about, right? So you're saving that 11% we just talked about. So on 120,000 by being an S corporation, you're probably looking at 4,500 to $5,000 cash savings. That that goes up as your as the income goes up. And then we could buy new cameras. <laughs> That's right. But I, I want to just make sure we reel it back to the LLC mm-hmm. real quick, just because I want to make it applicable for everybody who's interested in getting an LLC. So I pay those two taxes, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're saying roughly this is if I'm making fifty thousand. To be honest, I would actually list my income, but I actually don't necessarily know how much I'm gonna make this year because mm-hmm. things are moving, yeah. shaking. Things are good. They're in flux. Absolutely. So there's that four thousand off the the income tax, right? Roughly, and then there's the self employment tax, and we said I was going to be paying about nine to eleven percent on that mm-hmm. of the thirty eight thousand. Yes. So what's that? That's like ten percent. So well, so ten thirty eight hundred. Thirty eight hundred. Yeah. So about seventy eight hundred in taxes, approximately. Okay, as I make more money, I'll pay more taxes with mm-hmm. more savings. Well. Yes, it, we'll get into ways we're gonna save, but yeah, we're talking right. Ooh, you're, that's you're, saving stuff. Your your baseline. No, I don't mean saving. I mean save taxes. Like you're right now. That's baseline, right? It's baseline how how the system get works, it. right? Clear cut. We're on the same page, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So that so as you start making more money, that's you gotta look at being like, okay, I have my LLC. How do I make it more efficient, right? Easiest way, step number one, is say I'm an LLC, but I'm gonna be elect. I'm electing to keep, have my LLC taxed like an S corporation. It's very simple. It's an election you make with the IRS, send a couple forms in, boom. Now you're having this whole concept we just talked about. You're in the employee and the employer, a little little separate, right? You're still an LLC. You're just choosing to be taxed differently. Why you're doing that is because you now have the right as an owner to take profit distributions as well as pay yourself a salary versus as this flat LLC, all of it is subject to the self-employment taxes versus in the 
um, S corp only the amount you pay yourself through wages. So obviously, if you think about it, you why do you, you could pay yourself a very low wage, right, and just re- have it all as a distribution. What the government says is you have to it has to be reasonable. So let's say as a podcaster, you would have to figure out what's a reasonable salary that an average podcaster makes, right? And then I don't want to be average though. <laughs> then you'd be like, what does the guy from Entrepreneurs on Fire make? Like he makes a lot of money, probably. You want to know someone crazy? That guy went to PC. Yeah, John, John Lee, Lee Dumas, Dumas did he? And guess who emailed him? And guess who got back to him? <laughs> you did. Greg, come on, uh, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to act nice, but I'm a psycho. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a... He so says, he's, he's making a lot of money, right? So he always he, talks... He lists to, his bread in the, in the top corner of his website. Making, he's like netting 100K a month, so... Off that ad expenditure. Right. Generating so, ad dollars, man. Passive income. Um, oh, I hate that term, though. There's <laughs> nothing from at least where I am. There is nothing true about passive income. There, it's like I get you can make money and you don't have to exert yourself, but dude, this passive income thing doesn't make sense. You got to work like a psycho every day. So there is passive income out there, right? So like if you want to, if you real want, estate, with, yeah, with, without changing subjects here too much, yeah. If you buy real estate and then it's paying you a dividend every month, it's pretty passive. You still have to monitor your real estate. Make you sure do. Your employees are in check. You got to make sure the venue's good. You got to make sure everyone's happy. Right. There's nothing. There's yeah. Right. You're not. It's not truly. There's like, no Mister Monopoly man sitting. Yeah. There's back. a there's a misconception. Yeah. People aren't going down to like the Bahamas and like laying on the beach and like watching the money flow in. Not until you're like Richard Branson. Yeah. Richard Branson or Tony Robbins. Like. No, not yet. So what does Tony Robbins do every morning? He does. He 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 jumps into like no. What's it called though? He does something so interesting. He's like I call it my like my rock. You listen, Tony Robbins? No, I have no idea. He has all sorts of things he does in the morning, like breathing stuff, and he jumps in like the cold water for like thirty degree water. What a what a great dude though. He's hey, he's killed it. Absolutely. Who who's your favorite entrepreneur? Like when you look at someone in business, like. We're going to shift out of the LLC stuff talk real mm-hmm. quick. If you're like, damn, I love what that dude's created for himself. I really respect, uh, well, I, I love Shark Tank. I really respect Cuban and Kevin O'Leary for different reasons. I think Cuban's like a hustler to the nth degree, and I have no idea how he possibly keeps up with all the businesses he has. And back in the day when I was working at a firm, we had a, a client I worked on that got was on Shark Tank and got an investment from Cuban. And like, What was the company? I, I don't want to disclose that, but yeah. it was like a, it was a fitness type company. Right. So it was crazy. And he was like, he was involved like more than I thought he would ever be involved. And I'm like, how does he, it wasn't just TV. It wasn't just TV. Like he was involved behind the scenes. And I'm like, how does he have the time to like do all this stuff? Like, right. Like we're trying to run businesses here and it's like, you're doing a million things. You're working on the weekends and like, you're, you're trying to stay out of it, but you're, you're in it, you know? And like, meanwhile, he probably has like hundreds of business investments that people are calling him, texting him. So I respect how he's built things and like structured things and he's brilliant. And then at the same time, I look at Kevin O'Leary. I think he's a master businessman too, because he's, he has found a way to this is Mr. Wonderful, right? Mr. Wonderful. So he knows how to, he really is like a king of passive income, right? So he has a lot of money that he made and he's, he's willing to shell it out for a good return, right? So he always is doing royalty deals. Royalties are definitely pure passive income or he's doing like debt deals, right? So he's like, I'll lend you the hundred K, but you're going to pay me 10% interest on my money. Right. So he's getting a guaranteed return. Yeah, he's a cycle. So, <laughs> you know, crazy shit. he, he, you know, Hey, he's, he can be ruthless, but he definitely gets business. I know, but doing debt deals is scary stuff. That's kind of the economy crashed, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, what, didn't the U S parlay like a bunch of these, like d- subprime mortgages and no, sell them the to banks. China and India, the, ba- the yeah. banks. Yeah. And like the Lehman brothers and all that stuff like that. That's, that's what they did, right? That's when I was in college. That all happened. Yeah. 
I know more than you think. <laughs> hey, who's your favorite? Like, who do you look up to at, like, the highest level of business? I don't know. I mean, biased because of what I've read, but Phil Knight, Nike, is that's mm-hmm. a great story. What was the name of the book? Um, Shoe Dog, I think. Shoe Dog, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Um, I'd say him. I don't know. I guess I need some more role models, but... <laughs> Well, there are, there's like, there's this glamorization now of like the CEO, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you kind of got that kick once you start getting into podcasts and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's definitely though, like, I'm sure all those people he's talked about say there's definitely, and you know this, there's definitely, if you're heard of the book, the E-Myth. I have not. So the E-Myth, I think the guy's name is Michael Gerber that wrote, you should read it. Um, It's a, it's a, essentially the E-Myth, right? Is everyone's like, oh, the entrepreneur, Oh, they're they're killing it. They're like they're like they're on the beach drinking margaritas and like oh, it must be so good to run your own business and blah blah blah. However, the the fact is, and like I see this all the time working with businesses, is that the majority of entrepreneurs are hustling twenty four seven. They're scraping by. It takes them three to five years to really get going, and it's not there's there's not the glory behind it that there really is, right? So, th- th- what happens with entrepreneurs? And you just, you just said this is that a lot of times they get stuck working in their business 24-7 rather than working on their business, doing business development, right? So part of the stuff that we try to do is- like That's the fun part. Exactly. And like is to coach clients and stuff to try to get out of the weeds, right? Because uh, the shoemaker's never going to grow his his shoe business if he's constantly shining shoes. He needs to be- The same shoe. Yeah. He needs to be out there like networking and finding clients. He's going to be out there like alewife, just like grabbing people's feet. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the whole e-myth, right? Is that- you know, you you can't start the landscaping business, but keep mowing the lawns. You you the e myth is the name of a book. Yeah, the e myth. Right. Can you send that to me? I will. I will. Be great. Um, and it's it, I I see it myself. And you'll, you'll you're probably going to see it too. Is like the majority of time spent as the business owner is really, and I think it should be. Is in, it's in sales. It's in sales and marketing because if you're if I'm number crunching twenty four seven, right, I'm never going to grow my business. So I it's my responsibility to build the right team under me that that has the same values as I do and has the same, has good knowledge and that believes in me so I can go find more clients.